The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Welcome back to the Brandon Peters Show. 11 years have gone by in the Scream world, and we are about to return to Wordsboro for Scream 4 in our Scream retrospective. And still in one piece for that slice of terror is Jessica Alsman. Hello. And Greg Magoon. Howdy. All right. How are we today? You're still here. (laughs) I went down a Scream wormhole. Uh, after watching the fourth one, I think Greg, you're talking about going watching all these yep. like random. You start; it just starts with one, it's, and the next thing you know, it's like oh, 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 and if one auto yep. plays, you're like, oh, what's this channel about? And he's got more. Yep. Uh, so now I'm just like scream overload. Gotcha. And hopefully, I don't mix up the movies. <laughs> gotcha. Very well. Who knows? Um. <laughs> so this one, yeah, let's get right to Scriform. That's how they wrote it. Scriforum. The story that redefined fear. Hello? 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 Is back. What's your favorite scary movie? Two girls killed the exact day of the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. On April 15th. This whole situation is under control. Getting scared. This isn't a comedy. It's a horror film. Has never been this much fun. <laughs> you should have seen the look on your face, Screen 4, rated R. It's directed again by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson, but with some heavy rewrites from series villain Aaron Kruger and someone named Paul Hart Harris Boardman. Don't know him. Uh, <laughs> starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Emma Roberts, Hayden Pinnitieri, Marley Shelton, Rory Culkin, Allison Bree, Eric Knudsen, Anthony Anderson, Adam Brody, Mary McDonnell, Marielle Jaff. Nico Tortorella, Lucy Hale, Shanae Grimes, Anna Paquin, Kristen Bell, Britt Robertson, Amy Teagarden, and Roger Jackson as the voice. Ten years have passed, and Sydney Prescott, who has put herself back together thanks in part to her writing, is visited by the Ghostface Killer. Not the Wu-Tang Clan member, the <laughs> guy from the series, the costume that has been haunting her for her whole life. So this is also the final film of Wes Craven. Um, sadly, he passed in a surprising way in 2015, just like, oh yeah, brain, brain cancer, been dealing with it. Okay, sir. But, um, so this is it. Uh, Scream 4, it comes back 11 years later where, you know, horror has changed since Scream was around. Um, it's obviously not King anymore. There's other things in play. Uh, but, you know, when... Halloween comes back and Friday the 13th comes back and Nightmare on Elm Street comes back. Texas, like all those, you're like, well, mm, is someone going to bring Scream back? And yes, yes, they do. Um, and I, I was, I was pretty excited for this movie, uh, when it was coming out. I, 
And my hesitation was, you know, Kevin Williamson's back. Oh, cool. Kevin Williamson, this is it. This is all right. Very cool. Very cool. And then it was like, oh, he walked. He left. He got pissed. They separated. So then my hesitation built with going into it. But where were you at Scream 4? Let's start with Greg when that was announced and stuff. So I was living in New York at the time. And I had been in New York for let's see, uh, three years at this point. And um, one of my friends at the time, Natasha, she was a massive Scream fan, a screamer as now I'm going to call us. Um, and, uh, <laughs> screamies? And, uh, no? Screamies. We're screamies. Screamies, screamers. And when they announced that, well, we had heard about it. I forgot how early in advance that they announced a fourth was happening. Because I feel like it was at least a year ahead, if not longer, before the movie actually came out. They were like, a fourth is officially happening. And we were like, hold the fort. Let the countdown begin. We're like a year and a (laughs) half away, but we're on it. And we were overly excited about it. And I just remember when it came out, I was first day it came out, first release. And then I watched it. I loved it. But I wondered why it looked like it was filmed with the same cameras and filters that RuPaul's Drag Race used. Because that thing was glossier than anything I've ever seen before. And I was like, what happened to this movie? What? Like, I actually yeah. thought there was something wrong with the theater when I saw it. Like, did they have, like, something on the lens? Like, why was it like this? And then I found out it was intentional. So, story-wise, I was all in. Film quality, I was confused and had to do some digging after watching it. So, Greg, do you think the film quality, is it to make it... Because at the time, the big thing was these Michael Bay Platinum Dunes produced remakes that were glossy, overly polished versions of these classic slasher and horror movies that were dirt cheap movies that were grimy back in the day, and now they're making slicker versions of them. Do you think it was an attempt to aim at that at all like i haven't listened to this commentary for this is a this yeah this screen movie i haven't listened to the commentary i've listened for all of them but this one and i wanted to get this one in with a commentary but i wasn't able to uh before this but i'm wondering if it was attempt to do that it was an attempt to do something i don't know what exactly it was i know i remember watching something or a video that did actually explain the intention behind that glossy look And the glossy wasn't as much of an issue because I don't mind the higher saturation. I don't mind all that. But I don't like the the haziness of it, the flares, the light flares, like the beamingness of it. It's like Like a gloss, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it really does look like what they Vaseline the lens. Mm -hmm. Um, Like RuPaul's Drag Race Season 1 when you're like, what is happening here? Like, it's just you don't, I don't know. Like, there's nothing, there's no sharpness to this movie. Um, for a movie called Scream, well, at least it's not Stab this time, because that would be ironic if a movie called Stab wasn't very sharp. Ha <laughs> but, ha. Um, but, like, it just, I felt like nothing in this movie felt sharp. Like, either I was looking at something mm-hmm. that was slightly out of focus, even though it wasn't. I just don't know why they wanted that veneer. Like, I, I feel like they did because they wanted to do a reset. They wanted to, like, yeah. create a false sense of comfort. But once you're starting to dig into it, like at least Dorothy got to go into another world, like (laughs) drop the filter when the killing happens and go like reality is here. 
like I wouldn't have mind if the opening was glossy and then we got into the movie and you're back to like the grit or something where it's like oh we're taking you out of this sense of security after 11 years like haha plot twist um but like yeah well like stab stab and scream four all look the same at the opening we'll get we'll talk about that opening in a minute so uh yeah jessica where were you at when scream four happened what was your thought i think i was just so terrified of it not being good that i didn't see it (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the theater um, I think I had stuff going on with college and work, so I might have used that as an excuse. But I did this thing where I was just so afraid that it was not going to be awesome. So when mm-hmm. everybody said, you know, it was great, uh, then I would watch it, I think, when it came out. Um, but somehow I avoided – spoilers weren't as bad then. You didn't just jump on no, they Twitter were. and everything wasn't like, hey, no. this person died. Wow. This the, person movie, the movie – bomb yeah. so it wasn't like it was the talk of town for you know i mean donnie saw it, he was like no it's good i was like okay okay I'll, I'll watch it i'll watch it but i just i don't know i it's like this pedestal i'm afraid it's just going to crap all over childhood memories and then mm-hmm. you know i don't want to upset the fandom here but you know whatever i am but um not toxic of course but well i, I was about... i did watch it i was like holy crap i could not figure out who it was going to be and some things are obvious when i mean it's been a long time since i've seen it i think i've only seen it one time uh, before until I rewatched it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Wow! So I still was like, wait, I don't remember who the second killer is. Oh, and uh, <laughs> even after I have seen, it, I was like, I don't remember. I think it's this one or this one, but well, I couldn't remember Charlie. This is this is a point with Scream Four is a point where I learned, like, it was a weird spot for me with fandoms and stuff like that. Like, I I'm a fan of things. Like, I'm a, I'm a fan of Scream stuff, but like at this point, I'm more internet message board involved with like looking at things chat with people and like i'm starting to listen to podcasts in 2011 and i was listening to horror podcasts and i'm hearing people like uh it's like the thoughts of like scream fans were like well if the scream four when there was talked about like well if they kill sydney dory gale i'm out this is bullshit i'm like wait why would you like do you this is a horror movie like they should be up for grabs. Like I, I know we have attachments to like character stuff, but like, what's the point of going to a, like a scream movie and thinking, well, those three are safe. Like, wh- like just unmask me at the beginning, and let me know who it is, because that's not that's fun like, to put people afraid. in danger. I was like someone would die, and I because they should have probably. Anytime you someone needs to eventually. Yeah. Well, anytime so- you bring it back, you're shaking up their world. You're making it awful for them. Like that's what you get when you're fan. Like that's what like Star Wars. You realize Wars is in the title, so when you follow up Return of the Jedi, where it was all happy and you want to bring them back, we're not watching like Han and Leia plant a new garden and Luke goes and does a Jedi prayer. You shook up these people's life with a, a war, and you know things happen. Like that's I people don't understand. Like in order to make these movies again and what you like, you shake it up. Um, which I'll have more to talk about with the next one with stuff like that. But this is this one's hitting up in the remake era. But of course, it, it's a killer. Like I, I go into all, all these thinking this might be my last rodeo with Gail, Dewey, or Sydney, or you know, Cotton. You know, everybody. Attachment everybody's issues, favorite. Brandon. But I wasn't ready I to deal with it. I had attachment issues through that. But time. but I'm just saying that's where I was like started like separating myself from like what the fandom perceived wisdom or consensus is on things and like my own like i'm like well i'm a big fan i consider myself a big fan of these things but i don't think like that but just kind of a weird place for me in mind um so scream 4 has a lot of 
crap going on behind the scenes with this movie that it's a bit of a rocky production um, in ways that, aside from Kevin Williamson bolting because he wanted it to end a certain way. They didn't like that. And there's multiple iterations of an ending before we get to the one we actually get got. Um, a lot of people walked from this movie. Lauren Graham was like famously cast in this movie as Jill's mom. And then like two days into production quit because of the rewrites and because of uh, just not liking what they did with her care. I think Lauren Graham was probably going to be a killer. And she's like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. But I mean, like it, it, maybe Jill and her mom were, doing it or something but if you i mean it's really weird because like if you look at that role that mary mcdonald's in like it's a weird and she yeah. she gives one gives a weird fucking performance and i just don't know what movie mary mcdonald's in some of her lines i feel like okay i could hear lauren graham saying that um yeah. But, like, she's relevant to zero scenes in this movie. And we even, I noticed that this time, she never shares a scene with her daughter. And when she is in frame with her, she's talking with Kirby, having a conversation. And the rest is all just being there to let Sydney not sit and talk in a room by herself. Like, it's pointless. And, like, I have nothing, like, I don't even know that they're mother and daughter almost, aside from that they're in the house together. It's, mm -hmm. it's, that character, oof, that suffered there. But it was supposed to be Lauren Graham. She walked. Lake Bell was supposed to play Deputy Judy. She quit two weeks into production scheduling conflict, but I think she was another rewrites and I'm out person. So then came Marley Shelton in to replace her. Um, also, Adam Brody, uh, it's kind of weird that he'd be in a role this insignificant and goofy at this yeah. time. And apparently he was at some stage possibly one of the killer, a killer, or there was going to be three or something. And that's why he's here. He stayed on. Good guy there. But uh, yeah, there's uh, just uh, also Emma Roberts wasn't their first pick. It was Ashley Green is who they went after and didn't take the role. Oh, that would have been tw Twilight's and stuff. Mm -hmm. She, her height would have been better. Um, for things yeah. or size oh. would have worked better. But Hayden Penitieri almost walked with Lauren Graham, but stayed because Hayden Penitieri was not happy with her. And thank fucking Lord she stayed because that's one of the yeah. bright parts of this movie. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of this going on behind the scenes. Um, ending wise, the idea Kevin Williamson wanted originally, and through my notes and years, like he wanted. Jill to get away with it, get what yeah. she wanted, and the next movie go very Hitchcock, where somebody knows what she did and is coming after her and her new friends in fame. I know you did in Scream Four, kind of, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Then and then, so that's what he wanted. They didn't do, and then they did another ending where they left. Um, and I'm surprised they don't include this on the damn disc or whatever because they shot it. Um, where she's getting loaded up in the ambulance and someone wants to take a picture. And she's like, okay, or whatever. Uh, and then someone comes running in saying, you know, hey, we have one of them still alive. One of the uh, female uh, victims st actually still alive, da 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 And she's like, oh, and then it ends. And you don't know whether it's Kirby or Sydney. Um, they left that ambiguous because Kirby 
wouldn't have known that you know Jill was involved and if you don't if Neff Campbell doesn't want to come back for another one then oh look Kirby survived um but the next uh, one the next one in idea of Williamson or whatever would be that and this is bad writing that oh Sydney couldn't remember any of what happened in the kitchen and the next yeah but yeah, he was gonna kill Sydney. Jill was gonna carry through another movie being stalked. Uh, people haven't known what she did in the throne. But then this the big hospital sequence at the end was a reshoot. That was not the original ending. It was. They added. didn't have enough extras for that scene, did they? To play doctors yeah. or nurses at all that would have worked in the hospital. Exactly. If you notice, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah. There was the, a gunshot, and then I think nobody still showed up for a while, and it's like, yeah. dear, I mean, can we? It's, I they have. It's, well, as we find out in the following film, there are floors of the hospital that are secret and private and can be written away like that. So, yeah. So, that's some of this. Uh, yeah, because this was also during a lot of the pre-production. Williamson's like, this is going to be the start of a new trilogy. Just like, you know, they said with every Terminator 3 we've had in the last two decades. But so that's that's kind of where they are with that. Um, so, Jessica, what are your overall thoughts here on the fourth Scream Scriforum. Uh, now that I know that Jill and it could have been Jill and her mom, I like that. Yeah. I wish they would have done that because it's like yeah. a dance mom's desperate for fame. Yeah, in exactly. That family. Mm-hmm. Like they really want the fame and it would be both of them because I don't understand how if Jill wanted the attention, she would just resent Sydney. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't she just try to be friends with her freaking cousin then? And then yeah. latch on yeah. to the fame. That was the easier route. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm so mad, I'm going to kill. Because I don't care about friends or family. I need, you know, fans. So that part mm-hmm. was kind of weird. But I like that, you know, her and... Ahead of its time. We, yep. we, we all rolled our eyes at that shit in 2011. And now <laughs> if you watch it, you're like... Uh, I can see it's it. So <laughs> it's like the most like prescient movie that's been made in a very long time about like... The forthcoming wave of like social media and and vlogging and documenting your lives and everything that's happened like this movie predicted in a weird, twisted sort of way. And um, yeah, but between Robbie and the motive for Jill, they had what was coming down when we were all mm-hmm. like, oh, that kid recording his whole because at the time that kind of stuff, there was that that Google Glass like thing yeah. was and everybody's like, that's so stupid. But when you just hold your phone up and go on Instagram live and share all that, that's exactly what Robbie's doing in a beta form. Yeah. Yep. Being yeah. on freaking Twitch all day doing stuff like that's that's what he's doing. Hall pass. Well, and then- Look at all the movies that have come out kind of in the past couple of years about like live streaming murders mm-hmm. like things. Um, there's that one, the driving movie, the the like Uber driver who like kills people, like live streaming it or something. Um, what's that movie called? Um, oh, you know it. I know you know it. Um, either way, but like there's a lot of movies that are doing Well, there was that. an actual guy who went and killed people and live streamed it when those two news, that cameraman and that anchor reporter and that guy who had been fired from the network went oh, out yeah. and live Facebook lived it. Yep. Yeah, it was like six years, six, seven years ago, was that or something? It was freaky. Like, yeah. So, what was Scream 4 to blame then? Did that plant the yeah. seed? I don't know. Natural progression of generations, you know, with the internet and attention Mm -hmm. and validation through likes and look at me. And 
I think that's just the only thing. The motive was weak. Oh, but oh I, I disagree. I, I get it now. I just yeah. my my only problem with the uh, that whole thing is there, I, there's no and I watched this twice for this and looking for this. There, there's no hint that this is who Jill is at all in this movie. That that's she's never on the social media. She never has her phone. Like I don't sense that she wants this heightened sense of popularity at all. Like I can get that she's cold and maybe not very attached to her friends that she has, but like this desire for fame and stuff, I don't see it at all. Through Like there's no hint of it. Like how do you keep it bottled up even around your friends? Like there's always, I was that friend that loved to get yeah. attention. So I'd be obnoxious and stuff. Like so I, I don't understand that part. Like how do you hide it around everybody mm-hmm. except for, the guy that I don't know if she actually liked Charlie or if she's just using him because he pretty much did all him. the kills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You totally using him, but him Set like him up for the videos and the yeah. Yeah, he's weak sauce. Like with it, like I'm just like supposedly yeah. Trevor was supposed to be the other killer yeah. too. Let's be. Yeah, they they talked him out of it during the script writing process because they were like that's too much the same. Um, yeah. Which I do love. I will say in the finale that Trevor's dressed like Sydney's dad. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. And he's like gets tied up just like him. Um, but I, I, um, yeah, the, yeah, the whole thing with them and I, mean, I, I enjoy I have, Jill. I guess I forgot. I mean, I enjoy that she did it because mm-hmm. once Emma snaps like or cracks into like this is what it is and blah blah well, blah. I do love that. I think. Yes. I think like this character. is. I am a, I am a fan of Emma Roberts. I like mm-hmm. watching her and things. I think she's not quite ready for this because she's really good at some of the when she's doing her reveal and talk about stuff. She's really good at some of the devious things, but anger and yelling not working for. She her. Like, mastered it in Scream ooh. Queens. I love Scream Queens that first season. She's talking really really fast. Yeah, she's got that wit. That but tongue. her yelling is really good. I'm like, oh, damn, keep it, sh- keep it down. <laughs> and, and and I will say, I did, when this movie was getting announced and the casting and they cast Rory Culkin, I'm like, I bet he's one of the fucking killers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. When, that movie, when the movie happened, I was like, oh, Jesus. That's I was like Kevin walked. Kevin walked because he's like, we cannot make it McCulkin or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, no, because he just That's seemed funny. like he's a creepy looking guy and weird. But then, like watching this movie, like character wise, I but like physicality, like one of them needed to be somewhat. Like if it was Trevor, I buy him and Jill being the killers. But like these two are like, and then when we see the killer, it's like it's tall. I'm like, okay, boots could do a little, but I'm just, I don't know. I and it, it just I, that's a. Scooby Dooing there, and I feel like this movie wants you so badly not to be able to guess the killer and surprise you by the end. It holds back a lot of clues, like because I go back to like when we go back and watch Scream and Scream Two, and we're all like getting giddy about look at all these towels that were there with Mickey and Billy and Stu, and we're watching that video. Like it's all there. there there's like none of that here. Like I don't. There is well, a little with Rory Culkin's character, and they cut one of the coolest things is there was a scene with him, uh, the kids talking uh, outside the school, because you have to have the kids talking by the fountain scenes. They cut it from this one, and like uh, someone said something about, this isn't a movie, and he goes, it will be. 
And then when Sydney's talking on the phone or some on the phone, the killer says, or says, this isn't a fucking movie. He goes, it will be. And that was supposed to be one of your tells. They cut uh, it. They cut it with that. But like, I just, with him, I'm just like, who? Like, I don't know. He didn't, he just looks creepy. That's about all I'm giving. But they did the fake out pretty well with Kirby and like Sydney, can you trust him? And then like that little setup. I mean, they mm-hmm. did that pretty well. And no, I No, it's felt clever. It's clever. Yeah. Clever. But I will say with Jill, upon rewatching this movie so many times, yeah, they're building up this movie as like, okay, a re like a reboot, and you have your new generation coming in, and Jill is your new like kind of ingenue and doing all that. But what you realize it's very nuanced in its filming and its direction because the camera never lingers on her. She's always mm-hmm. brought in and brought out, and yep. you get everybody's emotional weight. Of like all the secondary, like of all the other characters and not her. And if it were truly her as the victim, like the one you're supposed to sympathize with, she would have had those isolated moments. But instead, the camera lingers on Sydney, camera lingers on Kirby, the camera lingers on whoever, um, on Trevor even. Mm-hmm. She's always exiting. So if you watch it, you're like, why aren't we like connecting with her more? And it's because she's the killer. Yeah. So think it was very smart the way they did it because the movie actually never makes her seem like the final girl but you're just well I think, by yes she's supposed to be in a sense yeah some of that too is this movie's never fully able or doesn't want to hand off the keys to another generation like it that's why i have a hard time getting into a lot of these new teen characters that i do having watched it more than once but originally like it it has this battle of like well i like my older people and all this and it's like it's afraid to just like hand it off and like maybe lighten the load for some of the other characters um but i do like after having seen the movie i didn't like him the first time i watched it but trevor's become one of my favorite characters because he cracks me up (gasps) In this movie, okay. like Just he's an innocent idiot. He's like this, like dorky Peter Fascinelli <laughs> type that he's going yeah. in, and like the part, like when he's like interrupts uh, Kirby and, and uh, Charlie on the couch, and he's like. Were you guys do? Oh, shut the fuck up! I'm like, he's just, <laughs> he's just that douche guy. Like, I just love his douchiness, and he's so silly. And like, when he comes in, knowing he's not the killer, he's just like an idiot that has this dark mystique accidentally. Like, it's it, it cracks me up. I do I do enjoy Trevor a lot more through my rewatches than I did my first time through. I guess but, the only um, thing with Jill is like she's always she when it did show her, it was usually about her. Uh, Avoiding Trevor and so upset about Trevor. Um, but she has this like grudge against Trevor because he cheated on her. And that's why, I mean, she got Charlie to kill the girl that he cheated on her with. And it's like, maybe this, I mean, I would, I mean, there's crazy girls and you could be upset mm-hmm. about somebody cheating. Like, I, who hasn't, right? But not enough to be like, all right, let's do some murders. And I'm well, going to frame <laughs> you in the process because why not? Well, it'd be one thing too if they kind of showed us at school, like, Jill Jill seems like this quiet loner at school, but if she was like this popular girl that the nerd guy sought out and would do anything for, I can see Charlie being like, yeah, I'll kill for you. Like, yeah. I feel like That's Charlie maybe had a chance. Cousin, right? Yeah. I feel like Charlie maybe, he maybe had a, he maybe had a chance regardless. Like, I feel like Charlie, <laughs> Charlie might have had a chance with her. But the one thing with all the teens too is 
they're all like every time she's there and it's not her fault she's great is they get upstaged by Hayden Panettiere every time she's on screen because she's incredible in this movie like it's such a it could have I mean it's not like a throwaway part but man she makes it even better than ever and of course there's the iconic rambles off every horror remake of the decade scene and there's like you know just a lot of other things but there's like when she even when she like leans over and they're watching the movie, they're like, "Hey, Charlie," and her her face is just like is incredible there, and just she she knows how to play this, and she's there's there's no wonder she's so popular, and I want to say it's more than the character, it's her it's her performance yeah. than than it is anything, and she's that's why they're bringing her back, like she's popular, um, because she gave a hell of a, and at this point, like. What we'd seen her in Heroes, she'd been around, but this is like her Ace's performance that I would say. Well, no, she was in Nashville at the time. That's oh, and at the time, was she was that that started? So brilliant! I yeah. think that Nashville had already started. Nashville okay. is such a brilliant show, and I love her in that. And she mm-hmm. sings. She's one of the few child stars who actually managed to like stay sane and um, like consistent and healthy i feel like yeah well uh, i think because they i mean oh nashville was 2012 so she was just starting oh, to film it okay um hayden from what i've i've gathered she doesn't live she's like the the jason siegel lifestyle or something where she doesn't live in hollywood or something and she doesn't like hit up all these like popular things they have like they wanted to bring her back for the fifth one and they couldn't find her till it was too late and they could only do some vo- voice dubs for for easter eggs and that was the thing. She doesn't have traditional methods. She's kind of to herself and, you know, sane, I guess. But that's like, the, her. yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's great here. Um, I like Marley Shelton here. I know Lake Bell would have been great too, but um, Marley Shelton's just because the first time you watch it, you're like, eh, this is funny. And this, I, uh, that know. stairway scene. Like, oh, it's still, that's really okay. We we we've so crapped bizarre. on the we've crapped on the cinematography, but there it's great. Yes, right there it's well, great. Yeah, it's dark and it's like in the shadows, and she's coming like coming out. And you learn that Sydney played Tiger Lily in like Peter Pan. Well, like, this wait, is like <laughs> this is from the drop material from Emily Mortimer in the third one. Yeah, is what was part of you know who she was. So they added that here. Um, this is also Kevin Williamson's part of like the world affected by the stab movies type thing where these kids in their hometown with this massacre still have a movie marathon every year to to showcase these stab movies, which um, are this like I said, like it's always the second movie that establishes like a running theme throughout these, and it's the stab movies for Scream. There's Stab is a big part of Scream 2. Stab is part of Scream 2. Stab is a big part of Scream 3. It's a big part of Scream 4. And it'll be a part of the next one, too. Um, which, you know, let's go to the opening sequence of this. The cheeky movie within a movie within a movie uh, deal um, with plenty of cameos, some still memorable people, and some maybe you don't remember them now um, of popularities. Here's where I have some issues with the writing of the movie here with this one. And it's because this, the opening where it probably, like with both, with all of them that we have through Strab, was it six, seven, and then Scream 4, um, where we enter. But it's the, 
it makes this grave mistake where the original Scream talked about horror movies, did this stuff out of a passion and love for horror and respect and stuff. This opening scene fucking hates <laughs> horror movies of this time. And it's like, it's basically like, eh, horror movies haven't been good since Scream was there. And just rather than play into what horror is now and what horror has become. And these kids, these kids would like these movies. These would be their new horror movies that they go to see and become fans of horror movies for. Um, and then they go to make a movie that's kind of inferior to a lot of those movies they trash. So I just, that bugs me. Cause I'm like, that's not what scream was. Scream should be like, okay, well saw is popular now. What do we comment? And how do we have a killer that's seen those movies and does that? Um, not taken for the whole movie, but how do we incorporate what it is with us now? And instead, they're just like, to it all. Like, that's kind of bummed me out there with that opening. Or they'll honor them with, like, movie posters in the background and let us mention, you know, got to mention the movie uh, Psycho somewhere or have a nod. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if they actually, do they hate all the new movies or do they're, they just oh, hate everything that isn't Scream? It's pretty. It just sounds like well, since Scream stopped, horror has been awful. That's what it comes off as. I guess. I mean, I don't know, but like Olivia's death is really brutal, and the way they like stage the scene on that one—that's like something out of Hostel or Saw. Let's be real. Oh, with the garage door. Uh, no, or, um, wait, Olivia. Oh, the oh, in this movie, yeah, no, this movie does ramp up and fit. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like the movie itself, I think does yeah. play into. Oh, it's gory, more, yeah, more gory t- of the times. So I know you're referencing like the opening kind of like shitting on horror, mm-hmm. but I think the movie does try to at least, yeah, uh, like acknowledge that in its own way because Olivia's death is actually up there and one of my favorites in this in the series not my favorite obviously but like it's up there it's high up there in all the kills that have happened in this series um i, I do like i do like that ghostface is actually whispering on the phone when he's talking to them yep that's pretty cool I, I was like i noticed that i was like oh, okay that's good you buy that. yeah they do they do there there is a sense of awareness mm-hmm. to things that they do in this movie that i appreciate but like as for the opening i think it's just kind of I mean, I don't fully understand the the Kristen Bell and a Paquin opening, mm. like just that you talk too much. And like, I think it's because they were available. Yeah, I, I bet that's what it was. It's funny and it's interesting, but for me, it it makes me curious about what. Wait, so that would that one was stabbed seven. Yeah. So like Kristen Bell. And Anna Paquin's opening was the opening of Stab 7. So I really want to know what's Stabby about, because that means in the opening, you find out that one of the killers is Kristen Bell, or is that just like, or is, like, I'm so confused about, like, what Ghostface would be in Stab 7. Two, two rando girls are watching the previous movie, the full scene, the full scene, <laughs> and then one stabs the other. And he's popcorn. And then we go to Amy Teagarden, which this sequence with her, she was on Friday Night Lights. That's why she was. And the first one had Sinead Grimes and Lucy Hale. Sinead Grimes was in 90210. Lucy Hale, popular for, what was she popular for? Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars. Um, and the Amy Teagarden one with that other girl, I don't know who that, where she's from, but that was reshot. Um, 
Oh, really? So okay. they originally, she played a joke on her with the calling her on the phone and then heard the and went downstairs and she was playing a joke on her. And then they're talking like, fine, I'll watch a horror movie with you. And she does the fridge close and Ghostface is standing behind her couch. She's like, okay, assholes, da, da, da. And then he goes over and stabs her and she thinks she's joking. And then she's really bloody. And then Ghostface walks up, slices her. And she's like, oh, and then stabs her. So the other one died first and 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 the thing. But then they went and reshot the sequence with the garage door, which is a response to people's complaints of Scream 1, showing that this is how a garage door works. And doing that, which is pretty brutal in itself, but I just I don't of, of the four we've had opening sequences, this is my least liked one, I think, because it's just too clung. It's long though; it's an eleven it's minute long. opening. The stuff, the new stuff it adds isn't really all that great. Like, no, I don't know what it really does because it just makes me wonder what the stab movies actually are about. Um, but yeah, I didn't think there was anything that exciting about the actual. The proper deaths in the opening scene yeah. since so many. I don't really. I wasn't really left with any real feeling mm-hmm. after they died. I mean, I guess I liked. I like the. Well, I'm also still confused by the garage door closing because mm-hmm. garage doors. I know if there's something blocking it, it wouldn't keep shutting. Like there's right. sensors there. The sensors so I don't not to keep going down. Yeah, it's like go back up. So I'm just kind of confused. Did he get rid of the sensor or like, how did she, how did he like manage to, because if you have somebody in the sensor, you can keep pushing that button mm-hmm. and it's not going to budge. So I'm a little confused. Like I get what the intent was. But I just don't fully understand the practical nature of how she got crushed by the garage door. Yeah, I don't fully Unless get he that turned one. Off that, whatever it is, you have to do the auto. You turn off the manual, but he wasn't necessarily right there by the door. Well, if you, you put, that, like, yeah, if and the, it'll just drop on you. But and if the sensors are off balance, it stays up. It won't come. Yeah, down. that's what I thought. Yeah, they put so many like fail safes on garage doors yeah. to avoid that from happening. Right, but Thanks, so I, yeah. I almost <laughs> accept Tatum dying in the dog door and it looking <laughs> up. Than I do the garage door crushing down. Well, at least that one's going for it and being silly as shit. So they there you go. Down. They're like, nope, it's happening. There you go. Yeah, but I like, but I, I'm not mad at it. I still have fun with it. I watch mm-hmm. it. I laugh. Yeah. I still get caught off guard when um 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 pretty little guy a liar's girl. Mm-hmm. Why am I forgetting her name? I really Lucy like Hale? Oh, uh, Lucy Hale. Um, um, I still like get startled when she opens a door and he's kind of flipping about and then he just stabs her neck really abruptly. Like yeah. there's something about movies or just kills in general when they are so sudden, like sudden and not drawn out mm-hmm. that actually are more terrifying. I feel like sometimes in movies when they get drawn out unnecessarily, you just kind of go like, mm, would this really happen? Like just kill people already. Like who's, who has but, time for this? But Greg, we love Terrifier too. Come on now. Oh, yeah, I do love Terrifier 2. <laughs> I love Terrifier. Have you seen Terrifier 2, Jessica? Nope. Oh, that'll be a retrospective. <laughs> oh, man, that is that is a movie. That is a miniseries. It is, an, it, oh, no. is a, it is an epic. It is a two and a half hour slasher. It was a two hour, what, 40, right? 
Yeah, it's two forty. It's a slash, and and so are the deaths. It's oh, my oh I still don't fully understand the end of that, but like okay. the end of Tick but, Fire yeah, we are like, we are at Scream Scriforum. We're Scriforum. Must have been explaining his motive to every person, right, the whole time. Oh no, he's silent. He's a mime. He's a mime. He's a mime. And yet you're still terrified. You're still terrified and entertained. Um, <laughs> it's brutal. But anyway, in this one. Um, I just I liked Lucy Hale getting just the next life really yeah. quickly. Like, I was like that actually freaks me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like opening a door, I'm like, oh, like that startled me. I think that was almost a more effective kill than the two girls who properly died in the movie. Yeah. Well, their scene is short and dumb. Um, but it, 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 um, yeah. I mean, their scene's short and dumb, but it also introduces like catfishing as a as yeah. a thing a killer can do. Briefly, Funny like, phones. yeah, Ooh. introduces that real quick. Um, it's just too fast. That's that's about it with that one. Um, so like, that's why I'm like, something's up with this. But uh, I think we, I think it kind of everybody knew before going to this movie what that opening was going to be. Like, I don't think that was a big surprise. I think everybody, it had word had got out that the opening was like this meta meta thing with with that, like fake outs. I think that had. That had gotten out before the movie. Were there out. other intros before, like that they had to rewrite or? No, they just reshot the kill scene because test audience said that was boring, um, <laughs> or it wasn't eventful. Interesting, um, Interesting but I mean, it, I'm not mad at it. No, uh, this is the first one um, with the CG knife, so there was no blade. And oh yeah, seems, yeah. The, the knife's entirely CG, and there was a costume controversy, controversy. But there was a, I remember this, a leaked image of a ghost face with a scarecrow-like costume. The mask was kind of light beigey, and it was like a scarecrow thing. And people were flipping the fuck out, like, "Oh, how can they do? Oh, look at they're doing! Scream for it!" It ended up being it was a promotional image from a costume company that was doing a variant on things. Oh. Because they'll do that. And so that's what it was. And uh, people are flipping out that they changed the ghost face outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that was not the case. Um, Interesting. But yeah, uh, see, other things from this one. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the main three characters we have doing Gail married, Gail moving back. Or did she ever from Woodsboro actually? Like, yeah. this is her first time living there. Um, and her life is like gone or like it's and she's trying to find a purpose and I'll tell you what of all like of all the characters who scream scream Gail actually probably has the most arc or most interesting character development through all of them Um, like it's it's really interesting to watch her develop and be in the places she is like she's trying to get it back like oh the mystery's back in town and I'm gonna be on it and she can't be on it. That's the kind of the fun thing with that. Yeah, but I think she's so mad at Dewey. Who's he's never really been a jerk, but now that he's like, well, kind of in three when he's a whatever bodyguard or helper. But like when I wear like, this uniform, you treat me like a man of the law. Remember that? <laughs> That's the guy she married. That's the guy she married. Who and then he brings up his sister no. ever, except there's yeah later there's a box right. cool, but like I felt like it was so rude. And she's like, dude, I've helped solve all these, but he's like, you know, sorry, Judy's here with her lemon squares. Uh, we can't do this. And I was like, what the heck, do? I love that the sheriff department is all Deweys. Like that's the all that's kind of that's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. It's like a Dewey squad. 
but um yeah uh they the yeah so dewey's now back where he wants to be and he's got charge he's you know got his respect and everything that's going on i I did like there's some mishaps with him where he's like what do you mean it's on the internet oh (laughs) like it is um sydney extending like embracing her uh suffrage with the book becoming gail herself um sort of and um traveling back to woodsboro which they cut a line where dewey said she hasn't been back here since her father died so he is not a suspect in this one Mm. so Uh, that's good even though trevor picked up his uh clothes at the goodwill in town um I just think I think they did a really good job reestablishing the characters and the overall sense of story is pretty solid. Like, I believe that we we saw Sydney kind of go into hiding for three and then come out the other mm-hmm. side and leave the door open and realize, like, I need to take control of my life again. It's been all these years later. I think it's realistic that she wrote the book. I don't think that's out of character. I know people said that back in the day when this came out. They were uh, like, no oh, way. she wouldn't have done that. I'm like, yes, she would have. You could only for so long, like, go into hiding. Like, Sydney's stronger than that. Writing a book is a reasonable thing to do. I liked her PR person or whatever. Oh, um, Alison Brie. We haven't uh, talked about Alison yeah. Brie. This yeah, is, I loved she, She's Gail Weathers. She, yeah. She's believable and she's real. Like, I just think um, when when they find out that there's the murder that's happening, she's like, score, like payday. This couldn't have been better. Um, she's she's every what everybody thinks Gail treats Gail Weathers as in the other movies. Like, oh, I bet yeah. you'd like that, wouldn't you, Gail? That's what Allison Brie is. She's the yep. epitome, the creation of that. And I love it. Like, I just I love that because it's true. But like, also, I do believe that like. That uh, Sydney would go back to Woodsboro to do the book tour and all that because, like, look at how far she came. Like, there's nothing out of the ordinary within reason that this movie doesn't establish. I still now, the more I think about it that we talked about in, I don't know if it was two or three at this point, but I still don't know how these movie, how the stab movies got away with using their real names, all the characters' real names. I will not, that, that I can't accept anymore. We find out Stab was directed by Robert Rodriguez in this one, which he actually directed that scene from Stab that he used in Scream 2. So we have found he is the director of Stab in this movie. Oh, that's hilarious. But I still, how did they get the rights to the names? Like, what I want is a movie of all the lawyers for like everybody's characters and like mm. all the discussions going on behind the scenes to of like what made this possible. But um, so Sydney going back for the book tour makes complete sense. That triggering Jill into like the whole well, kill spree thing makes sense. Like this movie actually of all the movies is quite logical and practical and sensible in its own right may not be executed that way, but in theory, you break it down and you're like, oh, it works, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, it, it's it, it decent. Yeah, it, it does. Like when you pinpoint who's where, my only yeah, it's, it's not about the who's where. It's about like, could she have physically manhandled that per, or, you know, that's or him. Um, he I, 
doesn't look Thank like God he's for, lifted. Again, the YouTubers have to explain it because I'm like, whoa, how did he get there to there? He's like, you know, no, it, they actually it, it maps like, out oh, pretty good. It does. And I had yeah. someone explain it to me, though, because when you're watching, you kind of forget and you're trying to pay attention. You're like, wait, is she actually there? Is she not there? The did one she thing go up there was it someone else? Well, the one thing that is like, how did she know that Gail was stabbed? Like, she did not run out to the barn and do that. But it's like, no, she was running the camera that was at the barn and watched it there. Yeah. That's how she saw. That's how she knew. Um, But. Yeah, I I think this movie was pretty thorough, at least compared to the other movies in trying to keep that consistency and that flow and that rhythm going Mm -hmm. where it's not too suspension of disbelief um, I, I think it's people. to the benefit that i feel like this movie also like it knew who its killers were for a longer time in production than some of the others yeah. that probably that that helps you know with uh this one and the next one a bit um but uh there the one thing with me with this too and i've told greg this before but now we have recording saying this is where it gets me is i am with this movie a lot of the way until the barn scene until gail goes to the barn and then she doesn't die which i love gail weathers or whatever but then i right when i saw it the first time i was like oh sydney gail and Dewar are making out of this they're not gonna kill anybody like yeah. everybody's safe dewey's like the safest he's ever been in a movie gets what hit whacked with a bedpan in the head but i'm like oh okay well one of the kids and the our three are going to make it out of here because that would have been a point of hold that would have been a randy moment it would have been a perfect moment of like oh fuck and it would have been you know gail's arc would have been had some sort of fulfillment in the end of like oh she you know taking her back to this guy you know she lives and i'm you know glad to see her in the next scream too the next one too but like that's the moment where you push yourself and elevate yourself up, but it doesn't want to do that. Um, but I like that Gail survived just so she could say, oh, hell no, I'm not writing a book and putting her name in it. I'm not oh, giving yeah. her the credit because that's well, what she good. wants fame. I'm not giving it to her. She does have a like, yeah. awful line with oh, bad wait, delivery. Another movie. Is that in this movie? That, no, that's in you know, five. That's in oh, five. Well, oh, well, yeah. you know. She's um, not in this one, but she's in the hospital. They cut a scene where she's talking about a book with Sydney about who's going to write it. But um, but this when she gets when she's leaving and tells Dewey this time he's making the movie. I'm like, got it. <laughs> like, no, they they should just dropped it. Like poor Courtney Cox. Like like no, I don't. Know. I'm still surprised after rewatching it that that gail didn't die in the barn right because i don't really understand how she got away easily but then at the same time though that would have been charlie taking her down and honestly like gail could crush charlie all of them everybody could crush any of them yeah but i mean but even being like caught off guard like mm -hmm. i mean that's the thing killers get away with it you make stupid choices when you're like being threatened sometimes because you're not thinking clearly because one person is a sociopath who doesn't care about consequences and the other person's trying to survive so like even if the person's less frantic or even if the killer is um less strong or whatever you want to say they can probably pull off more because mm-hmm. the other person's frantic energy of survival makes them not think as clearly or makes them right. maybe possibly do stuff. So I'm a little bit more forgiving on that, even if the killer I don't think is capable. Because like it doesn't matter if somebody is like anybody waving a knife at you, if you know they're not afraid to use it, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be 
even if you could take them, you still your immediate thought isn't like, oh, let's just go towards the knife. Like, right. It, it, so Dale and Sydney yeah. have muscle memory at this point. They're like, okay, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, oh. that mean I do this? This happens. Oh, so I haven't maybe... been stabbed there before. Like, yeah. Okay, but it's just, how did he miss her? Like, or he, there, like, it's like he was deliberately not trying to kill her because he stabs her, like, in the shoulder, like, right mm-hmm. here. Like, there's no reason he couldn't she have gotten her the in the chest. Are, the are, they, are they hoping Gail writes the book on it? That's what I'm wondering. I just, like, I don't get why he missed stabbing her more aggressively when he had the opportunity, if he really wanted to, or I don't, I don't know. I was confused by that. And honestly, I, after rewatching four, I always forget that she did get attacked in four every time. (laughs) And then after she gets attacked, and then at the end of the movie, I actually had to look up like 30 minutes after watching Scream 4 for the 10th time going, wait. Gail did not get hurt in Scream 4, did she? Like, I actually still look it up and go, oh, yeah, the barn, she got stabbed. I forget. It's so four. And she and gets to wear memorable. a ghost ghost face mask. That was funny. Oh, and she do that awkward, like, like, I'm one of the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Well, and if she, yeah. got, if she would have got killed during the movie, it would have been like a slight homage to Scream 2 where Jada Pinkett's getting killed watching this yeah. opening scene from Stab. Yeah. Uh, with that. They had to, he had to have missed on purpose. But she had to be a part of the story. That way she would run, want to write about it or tell the story to make sure it's it gets out there mm-hmm. publicity-wise. Because Emma yeah. Roberts wasn't upset, or Jill wasn't upset that, uh, how's your wife? Is she doing okay? So it's like they didn't even go after really Dewey or her. It wasn't mm-hmm. about them. It was more just yeah. maybe Sydney, and they're making their own movie. So. Yeah. And then well, that, the cheating boyfriend. <laughs> see, that is what to do. I mean, that line about like, I don't want friends. I want fans or like, I don't need mm-hmm. friends. I need fans. That line is brilliant, especially to yep. today's standards. But at the same time, though, was she doing it for fame or did she want Sydney's life? And that goes to the point that you made earlier about her not feeling like she wanted fame or attention. Felt like she wanted sympathy. And not necessarily like fame. she wanted. So by not going after Gail or Dewey deliberately or intentionally, it's almost like she wanted to fill in Sydney's place and have Dewey as like the doting, dumb, secure, like deputy on her side and Gail being the one who wants to write about her and honor her. And like she wants to replace Sydney rather than get fans. So I guess in that respect, the movie works, but then that line that I love doesn't work. So so I don't know if the movie really made up its mind if she wanted to be Sydney for the attention that she can get with relationships and bonds and that kind of energy of it, or if she really wanted the fanfare. Because you notice that Sydney never really wanted fanfare ever. No, ever. Either. So that's what's kind of confusing i guess i don't know if emma roberts really knew what she was getting into or herself knowing what exactly she wanted she just loved that i think she saw sydney and everybody clamoring to be around sydney and sydney being the one that everybody talked about and sydney being the one everybody protected and emma and jill wanted that i think more than just anonymous people being like, how brave are you? Right. Um, but every time a stab movie would come out, everyone brings up Sydney in the original story again. So it's probably yeah. like, I want to be infamous and like, you know, yeah. talk about me forever. Now I'm the new hero. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I guess she, but so I guess part of it would be not only, 
I think I think if Dewey and Gale died under her reign as Ghostface, it would have um, been counter to her like to her plan of having fans. I think because that would have made it would have made Dewey and Gale more significant than Jill surviving. I think I think people would be more more like that round of murders. I think people would have been more concerned and sad that like. Sydney, Dewey, and Gail all died, um, and Jill was a survivor. Nobody would care about that. They would care about the three people who died more than Jill. So I think by just killing Sydney and not threatening Dewey and Gail, she now becomes the new trio. Because Sydney's the only one that could overshadow her, right? Like, yeah, suppose, but mm. like, I think Sydney's death, people would be like, oh, that's really sad, but. Like her cousin went through it all, and then Gail and Dewey were there by her side, and then people would talk to Gail about Jill now, and I think that's more like I think you know the triangle is what the strongest symbol. So I think she had it like she she could fill in the triangle rather than kill the other two and be the like the sole survivor. Mm. Um, but also, if you think about it, like Jill's what seventeen? Is that what we're supposed to? Yeah, she'd have been like what one or two when the original events happened to Sydney and everything. So it's like, how did she grow up? Like a lot of it's passed by that time. Where's her dad you know? at? Did it say? No, we barely know anything about her mom. And she, she's like, gosh, my, even my mom had to die. It's like, you don't even care about yeah. that. You're crazy. See, I could see the thing is if it was her and her mom, I could totally buy that because the mom's grown up through all that and yes. grooming her daughter to with this stuff. And yes. she's, well, I, I missed my boat, but here we are with mm-hmm. this. That'd have been, that'd have been something wicked there, but it's not. Um, Man, and we've never had the, well, yeah, we haven't had like a mom and kid killer duo. You know what I mean? Just yeah, they did it in separate mom. movies. And then found yeah. a uh, kid to help. But yeah, no, I just kind of, yeah, I'm just like, mm. I was like, it's, yeah, it's interesting. But like, so I've come to this odd spot with this movie where upon release, I was amused, but like ultimately kind of disappointed. But every time I've returned to it, I've enjoyed it a little more. And I'm now in this place where I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was like dismissed when it came out to be. But I also don't think it's this like great overlooked. It was good actually, gem that Twitter likes to boast of it all, and like I do think an apology is due for the motive actually panning out in real life, and it was yeah. laughed off the face of this earth in 2011. Um, but I still I think it's kind of imperfect and mishandled in some areas. But that's I have no problems popping it in and watching it. Like I I like it more than I think I like Scream Three. I'd probably put it above there, but like, I don't know. It's, it gets, I enjoy it more every time we go back to it. Um, though I do, I just, I do have some like issues with it, but I can still have some fun with it. I do think it, it's not like the characters are kind of fun, but they're not as bubbly and boppy as some of the previous movies. They're a little bit straight and like, uh, kind of like just kind of a little too flatlined with it. Um, and yeah, Hannah Pettiteri's not even, like, a funny one. She's just enjoyable as a presence, presence to watch. Whatever her energy is, whether it be... It's great. Yeah, like, it's you nice. would never expect... Like, it feel like Hayden Pettiteri, oh, she's... At the time for her, like, doing a Scream movie, like, 
I could see it as like, oh, she's doing one of those now. She has to do one of those, but like, she brings it all. And he- hearing how un- that she was actually unhappy with things does not come across at all. It feels like Maybe I'm bringing my put it in her A character game. Then it yeah. helps. Bringing my A game with it. Gosh, even Charlie's character, I didn't care about until the end. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they're the wannabe Randys, like doing the cinema club. We're supposed to love mm-hmm. them, and they're helping Gail and Sydney by telling them basically what you know he's doing or what they're doing charlie almost feels like a choice of thank god it's not trevor you know because trevor seems so obvious <laughs> yeah. he's like so pointed at but the but the kind of the brilliance in the pointing at is that because that's what charlie and and jill are trying to do they're trying to make it so they're they're pulling one on the audience too mm-hmm. uh with trevor but it's going to be just whatever you think it was based off the original. We're going to do the opposite. So if you think it ends at the party, it doesn't end mm-hmm. at the party. If you, yeah. If you and the person, the it's not the boyfriend. Sydney gets stabbed coming out with the ghost face coming out of the closet rather than Billy. Um, yeah. They, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like Sydney's the, the, the bandage or the duct type guy up, gets shot and killed. Sydney's dad lived. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of different places. I, was there's somewhere they apparently they, they well they cut the scene where the girl Olivia when she gets killed in the window was supposed to resemble Tatum being hung in the garage door and like eh, it's that's what I thought about scratching it but I immediately thought of well, Tatum and then oh my gosh at the barn party though where people like have uh what the Casey girl strung up and then oh yeah they have the uh, whatever her name see I can't remember the character's name because they meant nothing to me. Isn't that terrible? But she's hanging out the window. They're like, yay! Or maybe it's supposed to be Tatum in the garage. These are people from our like, oh, town that were murdered. Here yay! we go. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that part. It's like, what the heck? This is nuts. It's okay if you want to dress up like the characters in the movie. But, like, you're celebrating their deaths? Like, Look at me. Well, I'm Billy Loomis. His relatives probably still live here. They do. <laughs> ah, but. Yeah. But that's the thing about this movie, which is interesting, because in real life, there are those serial killer super fans who do throw parties like that but they're more underground and like the scream movie makes it seem like it's mainstream culture to celebrate it more so Mm -hmm. like high school but like it would be a very niche group doing like a -a stabathon in real life like i'm sure there are people who are Dahmer fans who are like we make do we make Dahmer jokes in the 90s when it was happening we made Dahmer jokes yeah and there was songs that references like le- like eating people like in pop songs. Mm-hmm. So I believe it, but it's just I again still don't understand how they got away with using real people's names. Like the older I well, get, the more it's I, a like, news story. So those names are going to be in the news. So why are you hiding it in the? And there was in the book. So Gail, you yeah, but the in real, real life in the book. But in real life, like like we're in our lives right now you don't really see like you always watch shows and movies going like the names of the characters have been changed yeah. blah, 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 blah. so i just it just seems like i feel like especially gail weathers who is probably a very litigious person who goes after everything i'm sure when they said they're making this a movie and they're like damn right they better not use my name and then they use it <laughs> i can't imagine they're not getting a team of lawyers on that do like cha- I don't know. I just don't feel they reference like that at the opening of this movie. Is it the Anna Paquin they... one when they're like, "Oh, they stopped using City Prescott after the third one to, because she threatened to sue them." And blah blah blah. Yeah, probably because someone else brought this up. Like you can't keep using all their names. Yeah, and making them do things they story. didn't do. Like... Yeah. <laughs> 
I think it's making them do things they didn't do. But then the, does that mean if, if they keep, which we're not there yet, but then I guess if like they really can use the names if it's related to real events, then that would motivate yeah. people to keep doing it um, yeah. so that they can use the real characters' names, which is weird. But either way, I, I, I've accepted that their real names are in the stab movies because yeah. for some reason Gail, Dewey and Sydney don't seem to be overly bothered by it. like they are, but they've just kind of just shrugged about it and just accepted it as the reality. Um, because in scream three, they were literally on the film set <laughs> reliving their lives and um, didn't really make more of a fuss then. So why all these years later oh. would they do that? When Gail wrote her book, did she change the names? Because did she call off, you know, Sheriff Dew- Dewey or whatever? Did th- she use Dewey's real name or did she change oh, it I to think something she did. else? And mm-hmm. then she referenced like a Barney Five thing. So if she changed the name in the books, then the movies would have to follow the uh, books. Yeah. Of her real life. So then they definitely couldn't have used real uh, names. Main thing is it. it makes it easier for us to correlate. Absolutely. That's that's well, really yeah. No, I get why yeah. they did it. It just it, but but again. The disparity there is more of the fame that Sidney Prescott is getting in in the real Scream world Mm. wouldn't be the case because by this point in time, the Stab movies, had they done like the actual way it would have been done under different names, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know who the real person was unless you did some digging. Like, Like Sidney's name wouldn't be at the forefront of everything globally if the movies were done under different names. So within right. that world, I don't think Sydney would be as famous as she would have been. Although I don't know. It's hard to say. Did I don't they know. Get it's proceeds? Like, like, did they yeah, get uh, the, did they Yeah, do they get I feel like they would need to get money off these movies. What if we find out in like Scream Seven or something this entire time, like the the Stab franchise has been like secretly like giving them like cutbacks or like paychecks <laughs> from all these movies over the years. And like Sydney and um, Gail are like unbelievably wealthy, but hiding it because right. they made so much secret money off the stab movies that you uh, don't know about. Oh, that would be a plot twist. Well, speaking of uh, making the money, this movie did not. Um, it is the lowest grossing scream of all time. It made 38 million domestic and 58.9 international for a 97 million worldwide haul. Um, on a 40 million budget, not good. Um, it got whooped opening weekend by Rio. We're still talking about Scream 4, though, so I don't hear many people talking about Rio, even though that movie got a sequel. Um, it's a kids' movie. Uh, it was between, yeah, it was sandwiched between Rio and uh, another kids' movie, Hop, was the number, was the number three movie that weekend that opened up. And uh, yeah, so Scream Three, did, and that that like tanked um, hopes for another one uh, when that happened. Why do you think it tanked? Do you think people, a lot of people, are just waiting for people to go the first weekend uh, and get feedback from others? I mean, I know my reason, which was just I know, I easy don't to avoid. I, I just I don't think th- uh, interest was high, maybe, but also it's coming in the end where. We are just a year off from the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, which just was like, okay, stop with Ooh, these. So that that, that that movie, I've never seen a movie hit hard opening weekend and drop like a fucking fly the next. Like it, uh, like it sank. Like that movie 
did abysmal business and it killed like because there was supposed to be another Friday the Thirteenth from Platinum Dudes and they canceled that after the the box office of Nightmare on Elm Street. They were like, nope, time to pull out on these things. And I think Scream just came at the bitter end of everybody's kind of had it with these and looking for something new. And this is also when like Insidious is starting to rise and other things are, you know, we're starting to see a shift in the horror landscape here um, as it heads into the tens, which was a largely financially and critically successful decade for horror. Um, Whereas the OOs were not, but I mean, they still made money and stuff, but saws about saws done right here. Uh, Paranormal activities in there with those are your like big earners and stuff at the time. The J yeah, hostile J horror scene is gone by this time. Like it's, and I just think it hit in this middle ground between the shift from one decade to the next, and it didn't have good reviews. That probably didn't help. Uh, You think the younger generation? Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, you know, was it Gen Z? Whatever's after millennial. Were they like, Gentry. oh, that's like an old horror film franchise. I don't care. Or were they still no, they were, they, remakes? They were going to Halloween. They were going to Friday the 13th. They were going to My Bloody Valentine. Like, those movies were making bank. The Scream just, I don't know. I don't know what people thought. It just didn't have good buzz around it when it came out. And it Which opened, yeah, it opened really low. Granted, a Scream movie, like the new one is projected to open at $37 million, which is going to be the highest opening for scream doesn't open huge um it did back in the day its numbers were but like i don't know what it was with scream 4 but it didn't pick up and i think a lot of scream 4's biggest fans weren't old enough to go see it yet and now and then the years passed it scream 4 gained a following on twitter pretty good and a lot of them put their money where their mouth was because it was unsure whether they made a fifth one because a new you know a new studio picks it up they're going to make one. It was a risk. Scream 5 was a risk, and it paid off because, okay, I guess people really did like, you know, still like Scream uh, after the fourth one. Because after this, Scream goes into television. We have three seasons of a TV show, which was not that bad. I'll tell it you wasn't that. bad. I just bad. hated the math. Yeah, they I changed the mask. The they changed it. They didn't go with Ghost. Why? Season 3 went Until with Ghost season, three. season 3. Until season 3. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also, uh, speaking of selling and stuff, the, uh, the soundtrack here, Cardinal Sin, Craig, Cardinal Uh, Sin, no red right hand in this movie. Gone. With the red right hand. It wasn't in Scream 4 at all? Nope. The only film in the series. Well, that's why. You broke it. You You broke it. You have one job. Um, that little whatever. Uh, really, it's not. Yes, yeah, I really, it's, thought, I really yeah. thought there was at least some nod to it like somewhere ding, instrumentally little, in it. Nope. Yeah, that, really? Oh. Zero. Oh, I feel like I have to rewatch it. Should Zero. Not watch four Don't worry, it's sandwiched together. with so many Red Right Hand Scream movies that you think it's there. I guess I need it. I look uh, forward to it. It's like the Dewey theme. Yep. They only did it in Scream Two and then Scream Five, right? Yep. The little, yep. Mm-hmm. The Broken Arrow. Uh, but for some um, reason, yeah. when I hear it, I just and it's like it wasn't in all of them. Well, not one, but like for some right. reason, I was thinking it was in mm-hmm. two, three, yeah, four and five. Uh, the soundtrack does have a couple songs from a band called The Sounds. Uh, has Iron Maiden on it. Uh, the Novocaines, 
Stereo Black, Chain Gang of 1974, Ida Maria, uh, Loxley, Six Day Riot, and Say Hi. All bands and stuff, aside from Iron Maiden, I don't really know them. So this was like, yeah, the original trilogy, Scream, I was up on the music with those. This one, I don't know. I don't even think it had a single for the radio, did it? Greg, do you know? I don't think it did. Yeah, so that's that's where it was Scream 4. So yeah, Scream goes... Goes into hibernation here for another eleven years. Every eleven years, a person will it, put on the ghost face, and it's just so weird because again, I like the story of four. In theory, it should be really good, and I still and I've watched it so many times, and I enjoy it every time. Mm-hmm. I know it could have been more than what it was, but I'm not mad at it for not being that. Right, but I just, I just. I was happy in the theaters. I saw it opening weekend. I loved it. I saw it more than one time in theaters, so I'm I'm a chunk of that box office, I guess. But I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just makes me sad that this movie prevented the trilogy from actually happening like it yeah. should have. I mean, I'm happy that it's happening now, but I just I feel like we we should have gotten more Wes Craven screams, but yeah. we didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, money talks is what happens and. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it is odd. Like I, I don't know. I, I did with this one. I did, um, I was married and I'd been married for a year at the time, but my wife, not a, not a horror fanatic. I did get her to watch the screams to lead up to scream four. And I took, we went to the theater. So it was the first new one for her. Um, but yeah, she watched. So if I watch any of this, like the, the, uh, scream era of horror movies, she'll, she'll be down for one of those. Like, you know, she likes she liked Halloween H two O and um, the stuff like that. She'll watch those, but she's not a big horror fan. But she did like the Scream ones and went to the theater for this one. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, we'll get to that uh, next eleven years. Next time we are not covering the TV show. Sorry, I don't have time to rewatch that uh, for this. Jessica's never seen it. I've seen the first few episodes of season one. Oh, okay. Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne, yep. The And yep. then it's one of those things where if you can't keep up with it, like when it was airing, was it coming mm-hmm. out weekly? Yeah, it was Before weekly. Before you could do the streaming, wow. I just kind mm-hmm. of lost track. It's like it. on MTV. Busy. So I was like this old dude going back to MTV to watch <laughs> Scream. I would like to finish it. It did start out strong, though. So Yeah, it, 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 I, I thought. I finish it. That was pretty good. In um, reference to the OG characters, can you say that? It's its own, I think no. it's its own world. It's its own. It's its own world. Its own world. I, yeah, which is why they do a different mask, even which is really upsetting. Except I forgot why they were able to go back to. I think they wanted to use the mask in the series, and they didn't get the rights. There was a whole debate about it's it. A weird thing. Yeah, the rights. You call it Scream, but you couldn't get the mask. Yeah. 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 Considering Scream is originated with the Weinsteins and Dimension Films and that's disbanded and all that. It's uh the rights are trading places a lot going on. Yeah. So like, even home video rights right right now, the home video rights are now at Paramount. Um for screws. Uh, by the time we get to the fifth one next time, uh Spyglass Entertainment has owns it. Um yep. I did they were owned by uh Lionsgate and Stars for a bit. Uh, through the tens, that's why I think the TV show was coming out. That was who uh, had the rights to it at that time. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll get there next week um, before someone else finds some ghost face inspiration. But uh, before then, Jessica, where can people keep up with you? 
Hi, I'm over at the Bob and Tom Show. You can find me Wednesdays at the Bob and Tom Show, which is on YouTube and the Bob and Tom Show Bits and Pieces podcast and on Twitter at Jay and Allsman, Instagram at Jessica Allsman. More like Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, Greg. And you can find me on all social media platforms at the McGoonies. Okay, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, at Brandon Four QHD. I write at Why So Blue. I almost said that. Uh, next week, week Scream 2022, the fifth one, our last piece of the retrospective portion before our reviews of Scream VI, the sixth one in a couple weeks. Till then, stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.